Verse 15 of chapter 1. It was the Holy Spirit that Gabriel announced would fill John the Baptist as he prepared the way for Christ's coming. So John the Baptist, an Old Testament prophet, was filled with the Spirit to do his ministry. And so that's interesting. Uh, Go to verse 35. It was the Holy Spirit who caused Christ's conception in Mary. Now think about that. The Holy Spirit communicates or is the actually is the conduit through which all the things that God does happens. God the Father is, is overall, as 1 Corinthians 15 says, until Christ delivers all things back to the Father who is overall. God the Son is the agent through which God has revealed himself as the, the visible representation of God is, is Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one that does everything. And part of his doing everything is he doesn't want us to be paying attention to him. He wants us to look at Christ, but he's the one that does everything. You notice, as we go through this list, Jesus doesn't do all this stuff. He does it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the more we understand that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to speak of himself, doesn't want to glorify himself, and that's kind of a little problem we have in Christendom nowadays. People are fanfaring the Spirit when the Holy Spirit says, I don't talk about myself, I point you to Christ. And if the Holy Spirit is working, it's pointing everyone toward Christ for what he accomplished. Well, the Holy Spirit caused Christ's conception right there in verse 35. Now look at verse 41. It was the Holy Spirit that prompted Elizabeth. I mean, look what it says. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that revealed to Elizabeth that Mary was bearing, bearing within her God the Son, the Christ. And he revealed that. And, and uh, that's when we have this... Uh, Verse 42 onward, one of the five songs of Christmas that, are, that Luke records, the, the exclam of it, it's called, Blessed are thou among women, all that. Keep going to verse 67, same chapter. The Holy Spirit's really busy in verse one, or chapter 1. Now, the, his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. By the way, this is a first Spirit-filled family in the New Testament, and it's uh, Zacharias, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist. And And all three of them are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's fascinating. It's the only completely spirit-filled family we ever have chronicled in the Bible. And and we'll come to them uh, another week. But it was the Holy Spirit that spoke through Zechariah, announcing that God's son, uh, Christ, uh, was going to be heralded by their son, John the Baptist. Uh, Keep going to chapter 2. That's where we're going to be this morning. And I love verse 25 onward. It was the Holy Spirit that led Simeon to find Jesus, a six-week-old Jesus being carried by his parents. The Holy Spirit led Simeon to find him, and and we'll cover that in detail. Uh, Look at chapter 3. The Holy Spirit is at work in verse 16. John answered and said, I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one mightier than I who's coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And, And that's parallel to the fact of what Paul later says that it's the Holy Spirit that baptizes every one of us the instant of our salvation into the body of Christ. It's very fascinating. Our water baptism behind you know, that screen there in the baptistry is only an outward act reflecting what the Holy Spirit has already done inside of us, that we're baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, uh, as 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit 
in verse 22, if you look down a little further, and the Holy Spirit descended bodily like a dove and came on Christ, and, and Jesus, uh, being filled with the Spirit in verse 1 of chapter 4, was led out to be tempted. It's the Holy Spirit that, that led Christ out into his desert temptation. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit. Look at chapter 4, verse 14. This is fascinating, and usually they pause for this. I mean, this, this one usually is... Uh, when, when they go, wait a minute, what did you just say? When we're marking this in our Bibles. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him, and verse 15, he taught. Did you catch what that says? How did Jesus go all over the place and teach? In his own strength? No. It's clearly portrayed that Christ's ministry was accomplished not by him independently, but he always did the will of the Father, and the will of the Father is that Jesus Christ would serve in the power of the Spirit. And by the way, that's the will of the Father for us too. And everything Jesus did, he didn't do on his own. In fact, what did Jesus say about us? He looked at his disciples, he says, greater things you're going to do than I did. And we go, huh? That's because Jesus fulfilled God's will for him. God the Father's will for God the Son, Jesus Christ. We are supposed to accomplish God's will for us. You see, there's something each of us were designed, equipped, and called to do that only we can do, and someday we're going to stand in front of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. The Son will say, I bought them, and the Spirit says, I waited within them to accomplish all your will, O Father. And God's going to look at us and say, "Hmm, And did you do what I designed you to do? Did you allow my spirit to work through you? Or did you spend your life, you know, collecting widgets that are all still burning up on earth right now? Or did you do what I called you to do? Usually that's where they start squirming in their seats. That's what, see the power of discipleship? You start talking about this, and you look up at the person you're discipling and saying, do you know what you're designed to do? And that's what discipleship's all about.